And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. It's a very special Wednesday. Welcome to the place where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> Never. Red Eye Radio. Never. Sun never shines on Red Eye Radio. It ever. never shines on Red Eye All Radio. Right. All right, let me check my voice. Okay, a yeah. little bit of, uh, just a little bit of stuff still left. You sound great. I, I had felt like uh, during the day there was like, I was like, okay, it feels like I'm taking a half a step back, but it's kind of the thing, um, you know, just to, uh, the problem is, is then when, when you when you won't shut your yapper, um, <laughs> yeah. Chris Farley, uh, you know, that's in, with talking so much is just the wear and tear. But I feel, I feel great. Oh, my head cold hit yesterday. I mean, it was just, oh, the uh, it was, it that. was just brutal. But uh, I am on OTC uh, drugs, but uh, the uh, non drowsy stuff. Okay, yeah. So yeah, which yeah, just helps yeah, right. uh, everything and helps clears it up. I slept great, so yeah, every you know everything is uh, is good. I mean, uh, yesterday was a great day, and also I did some reflection. It was a horrible day. Mm. And it was a horrible, we'll start with the horrible first. Okay. It was horrible because I've been taking golf lessons for three months and haven't played golf. Ah, Trump. And we've had Trump. a lot of beautiful days. Right. Trump yeah. is playing more golf than I'm playing. Yeah. He has time for golf. I don't have any time for golf here he's, at the moment. He's running for president. Right. <laughs> and, and, and also facing indictments. So 34 counts. Facing indictment had to do, did he do the deposition yet or is that this week? Uh, he has a deposition that he has to do for, yeah, uh, I don't think that was what happened yesterday. Yeah, there was something. Go and, back and, and, and I, I was like, he's playing golf. Yeah. It's like, he's going to be indicted tomorrow and he's playing golf today. And yeah, that's, right. And that, and I thought about that yesterday and I said, and, and everything's going great. I mean, I'm hitting the golf ball great. I'm in a tournament next week. So, uh, I should be prepared, and I'll probably try to get one or two rounds in between that. But that now the good news is one of the reasons because I, you know, I probably would have golfed this weekend, mm. but I can't because I have to go visit my dad. My dad mm. turned ninety-seven yeah. years old yesterday. All right. It was funny because we started the show, and I was—I never—I'm always a day ahead. I'm always a day ahead or a day behind in my mind. 
Yeah, yeah, my calendar is off, too. Yeah. And so I said, in the next 24 hours, is my dad's, it was like, well, yeah, your dad's, when I said that, my dad's birthday was right then. But again, with my head, with this yeah. head cold and everything else, uh, please, please, uh, please forgive me for that one. But it was, I forgot uh, that my mom and your dad, same birthday within a few days. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. It's, it, my mom uh, turned 85 yeah. on Monday. Dad turned 97. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was talking to him as I do almost every day. If I don't talk to him, it's because he's busy doing something. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, I don't have time yeah. to talk. Yeah. But I was just talking to him yesterday. And I just realized, you know, he's my, my sisters were over. My brother was there and. He's holding conversations, you know, with me and them and back and forth. And once in a while, you know, you'll hear like, well, what did you say? Whatever. But he is so articulate when he focuses, you know, on something, for example, engineering concept or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. He still questions uh, uh, everything. I'm just amazed at his uh, at his mind. And I think uh, what this all means in the big picture is uh, I can do the show until I'm 97. Yeah, if I, I have the so. same genes, you know, I can do the show. Right, <laughs> right. And if I keep my youth like this, mm. when I'm 97, I can yeah. pick up young chicks that are like 90. Oh, yeah, easy. They'll all want me. Oh, They'll yeah. say, wow, he, you know, he's 97. Well, he looks like he's 85. Right. <laughs> I bet he was around when Matlock season <clears throat> one was on the air. <laughs> but, I, but I thought with, 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 with my dad, all the things that my dad has seen, and I've often thought that my dad's generation and uh yeah my dad's generation because of computers because uh my my grandfather you know my grandparents died in uh i had one grandmother alive still in the late 90s but uh, my grandfather's died uh in the se- uh, mid 70s and then uh, 77 and then i think it was 85 mm-hmm. and computers really hadn't come out yet right, you know, there, right. there was great you mean there, there were computers, but they were the size of a building. Right. I mean, that, you didn't have a personal yeah. computer in your in, in in your home. Now, right. they saw my grandfather's generation. Are you know they saw you know great accomplishments. They probably would look at it and say, just because of the diseases that were eradicated themselves. Oh, yeah. you know, just yeah. polio, for yeah. example, yeah. Pol- yeah. and and the introduction of of um, antibiotics. Yeah. You know, that really, sulfa drugs and then uh, penicillin and everything else that came after that. I mean, right, those, yeah. that really changed everything. I remember when I read uh, a book on the Lewis and Clark expedition and they were talking about that early. The book was talking about just the mood of, of the country at that time. And it said one, it, and it, they, they talked about one thing that hasn't really been passed down through history. I mean, we talk about, you know, the founding fathers and everything. And, you know, some of the founding fathers who lived into their 70s. Yeah. I mean, I think a few in their 80s. Yeah. I mean, that was unheard of. Right. I mean, that was unheard yeah. of. You were like, that, that it just didn't happen. That one thing that has not passed been passed down in history is we live in such an advanced civilization uh, right now. By the way, I said that and I just, I, <laughs> there, there was a headline from Fox, we'll get to it later on, that said, San Francisco, you know, they don't want to live in a civilization. And I went, oh, well, that's a great point. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, but when when you look at how, uh, oh, but uh, back then in the, this was uh, the late 1700s, they were talking about just the mood of the country. They said, mm. this has not been passed down. And really everybody up till really the, the polio vaccine and antibiotics, that people, even if they were young, the fear of death was so great. Because so many people that you know died young. That, I, if you, uh, that if you broke your arm, if you were out doing just chores, you got an infection. 
Sure. So many people died. Young you children. Were, young children. You were afraid of anything. Yeah, you look at all the different, uh, you know, uh, uh, diseases and vaccines that have come out for uh, for children. And that really said has been lost. But my father still was a part of that because there was no polio vaccine. A couple of my uncles had polio. My dad didn't. Uh, but you had the polio vaccine. Then you had uh, antibiotics and everything that came out, the advancements of medicine in that time. But then... You know, to see my dad, you know, to talk to my dad. What did you do last night, Dad? I was watching YouTube on the TV. Well, even mm-hmm. in the mid-90s and and even 20 years ago, you know, get, my father, I don't need a computer. I don't, you know, you know I, mm-hmm. yeah, I have a computer. And to see him on the computer searching things and, and, you know, when he found search engines and he could put something in and it would... Ex- then know, his engineering mind goes to work. It, it, well, exactly. Well, the things he's looking at is, you know, for example, uh, you know, air, you know, airplane construction, you know, because he worked in the aerospace industry and everything else. And so he's just fascinated with that kind of stuff. And so he has seen, you know, in almost a century. Uh, you know, it's 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 really it's really it's interesting what what he has seen. It's interesting the many parallels of our father's. My father will be uh, 90 next month. And as a uh, career law enforcement officer in the military and someone who taught law enforcement criminal investigation, his forensics, I can see his forensics mind going to work. So a search engine for him, oh, man, look out. Uh, I would think it's like, being able to go into a whole new box of evidence of or a billion boxes of evidence on a cold case file when you're looking no that's for, a great point yeah you're looking right. for those answers engineering mind for your dad the same thing when when you're seeking because you're always asking questions well how does that work or how did that happen and the interesting parallels and and I did see that my dad Adapted fairly quicker, uh, fairly quickly, quicker than I thought he would on that part of it. Yes, yeah, so did my dad. And yep. so he started paying his bills uh, many years ago on his laptop. And then it was about, we would have conversations about research he had done on certain things. And I would get there, we'd have our own little talk show in the living room at their house. And we would talk about that technology, how he was using it. Also, he was in the Navy before he was in the Air Force. So he was on the USS Samuel and more, uh, which went over to Korea when he was 18. And he was able to find old shipmates. He was able to find a number of articles related to his service that, Filled in some of the gaps of the things that he didn't keep or wasn't able to keep, didn't have, useful to him. And when all of that came about, that was a big deal. And I saw this, it was just this kind of uh, new project almost, but, but very personal, of course, and how he was looking at things related to a ton of stuff. And it's funny because he says, 
Yeah, Wikipedia has a bunch of things wrong. I said, well, here's the thing about Wikipedia. He says, yeah, it didn't happen that way. We didn't go back to San Diego. We didn't go back to San Francisco. We went back to San Diego or, or vice versa or whatever. And he said, uh, you know, these, but, but I am finding things that I know are right because they, I, they're put there by, and maybe they're on a board from other veterans, uh, from the USS Samuel and more. Or family members of them, and he said, "I trust them, and I I know that that information is true." And and certain things, and there were pictures and everything else, and it just it was breathing life into it. And and same thing, uh, both my of my parents born during the Great Depression, and so when you see that, you see, like on my mom's side, her dad. They just drove around Texas looking for work when she was a kid. That's basically what they did. And they were able to settle uh, right up about the time that her dad went to war at the age of 38. He was an old man at 38. And then he comes back and they were settled in, in one town. I mean, but these are the things we talk about having an icebox, which is why... Yeah. If you talk yeah. to your parents and if you're my lucky grandmother, to have, yeah, get and, something out of the icebox. And we never understood it right. until later on. It was like, well, no, you know, the reason she calls it an icebox is because she had an icebox. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Isn't a refrigerator? No, right. you had ice inside of the, you know, you had ice inside of it that, uh, you know, the ice man would come around all the time. Well, it's interesting, you know, for, with my father, for example, when he talks about, I mean, he remembers Orson Welles for the worlds. Yeah. You know, and that's just yeah. mind boggling right. when you think about yeah. that. And he said, you know, they were, you know, they were young kids, but, uh, you know, they were, you know, ran in and, and my, my grandfather was putting actually a new water line into the house. He was actually yeah. doing it. He was down yeah. there and they said, <laughs> they went down there, dad, dad, aliens are attacking. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to get this done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, those things. And my mom tells us, she's told the story. It's a very short story of my dad coming home for work. By that time he had joined the air force. Uh, the day that JFK was shot. And she says he was just, it was just, it hit him so hard. And she says, she told me she thought that part of it was because of his service in in the Navy. Uh, but everybody in the country was just yeah, stunned. Was, yeah. And yeah. she said it, it, it was just extremely emotional. I remember being homesick from school when that happened and mm-hmm. the phone never stopped. Yeah. My mom really didn't watch it because the phone never stopped ringing. Right, and so I remember my mom being on the phone the, the entire afternoon. Yeah, on uh, that one, and we did not have a party line. We had a people could party line. My grandmother had a party line. <laughs> they yeah. had a, it was a big thing. They had a private line. Yeah, you know that was a huge thing back then. And for people that don't know, a party line you actually shared your phone with other people. Yeah, yeah, you would pick up your line, <laughs> and somebody else would be on it, and and anybody could listen in. Your any of your neighbors on that right. party line could listen yeah. in, and and so, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, fascinating, and I can't wait to see my dad. I'm flying in Friday night, and I'm back Sunday yeah. morning. So, I mean, it's just, I have all day Saturday. I, I don't get in. I get in like 11 o'clock at night Friday, and then just go to sleep, wake up, spend all day with him, go to sleep, wake up at 4 a.m., catch the flight in here and back here at 9 a.m. on Sunday. So How's can, the weather been up in uh, in Buffalo? Oh, it's gonna, it's nicer. It's going to be nice. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, good. This is a, yeah. It's the middle of April, and the snow has stopped. And wow. I, I think they're expecting temperatures uh, like in the 60s. So I don't, I don't have to wear, I don't have to wear my winter boots. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it was funny because, uh, you know, we, you I, you saw the video of it. I think it was like two years ago when I went back to see my dad. 
Mm. And and I remember I can't remember if it was when I got when I'd gotten in like about ten o'clock or something. Yeah, I just gotten in. I said, "Hi, Dad. How you doing?" He goes, "Oh, you know, just thinking about everything. You know, the things I used to do at work." And he started talking. And remember, I sent you a video. Yeah. Or I don't oh, know. Yeah. I, know I, I showed you the video. Yeah, I still have it somewhere. I think, still think I have it on my phone somewhere. Where uh, I had to just start videotaping him. Just yeah. to have this. Now, I only videotaped probably five or six or seven minutes of it. It was like but, watching a great documentary but, to me. I mean, but, it was just yeah, he as just, he was talking. He just ta- he talked for an hour and a half. Yeah. I mean, he talked about, you know, rocket propulsion and what he did at Bell Aerospace and the first yeah. ICBMs, the Minuteman missiles, yeah. the intercontinental ballistic missiles, and then, you know, working with some of the German scientists and then talking about top secret stuff. Remember, he you know, yeah. talked about, you know, right. they had top secret stuff all the time. And he says, sometimes you'd bring notes home. Because you had to. Mm. And you realize, oh, my God, this is top secret. Nobody mm-hmm. cared. Right. <laughs> he said, but if he said, what would have happened if it would have been today's, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, protocol, today, today's protocol that mm-hmm. exists now. And it's like, well, well, they just uh, uh, we'll get to that story here. Mm. More the on that, the, the fact that well, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. This... Republicans are pounding on it. But we'll get to that coming up. Yeah. Happy birthday to dad. Happy birthday, yeah, John. Yes, 97 years old. He's made many contributions to this show. Yes, he has. Without yes, ever has. being on the air with us. Yes, he has. Mm-hmm. And j- just remember, DTJ. And do the job. Do the job. 866-90-RED-EYE. Cold weather takes a toll on trucks. As warmer weather rolls in, it's time to assess the impact winter has had on your vehicle to help avoid downtime and keep your rig rolling through to next winter. When completing your spring maintenance check, don't overlook your windshield wipers. Extreme temperatures, snow and ice can tear windshield wipers apart. Check on yours now to prepare for spring showers and avoid squinting through streaks. A general rule of thumb is to replace your wiper blades every six months. But if your inspection uncovers streaking, worn rubber, or damaged wiper frames, you may want to purchase a new set sooner. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal, but man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting, you know. There's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Sorry, my headphones fell off oh, the table. I had don't a, let that happen again. So I had to fish them back in. I had to take the wires. Yeah, and, yeah, like, oh, reel it back in. I'm, re- I'm reeling the headphones back in. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, so much to uh, d- talk about today. Uh, a couple of court cases uh, here, and uh, well, a couple of court cases that this really isn't uh, when we talk about the Manhattan DA uh, and, uh, and Jim Jordan. Uh, you know, legally who was right or constitutionally who was right on that. We'll get to that uh, coming up here. Uh, it was funny because I, when I just came out on the air, I just saw the Margot Cleveland. Um, I'm not ready. I guess I'm not ready to talk about it yet. The Margot Cleveland analysis saying that all the Trump cases are as weak as this one. So it's really interesting to, you know, the the, the Bragg case. Okay, just, that's, just, that's interesting. Yeah, just to go through. And I just, I saw it right before I came out on the air. I haven't time to read it yet, but Because we'll that's a different that. take. I know right. that at the National Review, I, I, I forget who it was, just a few days ago, was writing that the GOP needs, uh, I don't think it was aimed at the GOP. I'll, I'll walk that back. That, uh, keep in mind that, there's more behind the Bragg case. In other words, if the Bragg case, you know, right, closed, which right. most believe it will, then there there are other things. But if Margot Cleveland is saying, look, they're all weak, which you and I kind of touched on, but uh, we'll we'll touch on that some more. But it's with the uh, uh, foreman, uh, four-person, whatever Twitter wants us to call it, um, the, the, and, and, and her googly eyes, the fact that SNL did a bit on her the the moment she hit the airwaves talking uh in in georgia the jury uh, um grand jury four person and th- that tells us that that alone taints that case but yeah we'll, yeah because yeah because the thing is with a lot of these cases i don't know specifically you know you and i were talking about the fox dominion case right and that's getting to be really fascinating we'll talk about yeah, that yeah but i looked at yeah. you and said but i don't know precisely what statements the you know the the the, the, the judge the, is looking at right? the judge is looking at. I right. don't know what the statements are, but we'll also get to that story yeah. too right. because that trial starts here. I think next week. Yeah. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. All right, you ready for uh, this here? All right, what do you got? Play this audio. Okay, here we go. All right. Just this is our audio cut of the week. Well, I, I shouldn't assume that. But we we have to play it. We just have to play it because okay. it was okay. it was the most bizarre thing so far said this week from the White House. So I'll say this, it is also unprecedented that a president takes as many shouted questions as this president has. And he no, has. Okay. Okay, okay. No, no, you're right. You're right. That was that was oh. that was why. You're right. That was it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna just feed you a load of horse soup. Yeah, and we all know I'm doing it. I know I'm doing it. That's why I'm smiling afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And you get a reaction, but it's okay because that's all you expect from me. Yeah. is horse soup. Yeah, right, right, right. That's all you expect. 
Oh, you exist. It, it, that, it, and th- th- that's where you get to the point of not only uh, this takes it maybe a step further. Uh, she knows she's lying. Uh-huh. They know, know she's lying. They know she's lying. She knows they know she's the, lying. The audience watching knows she's uh, uh, lying. Mm. Uh, she knows that they know she's lying. Uh-huh. She knows that the audience knows that she's lying. Everybody knows she's lying. And now she makes the smile and her going, okay, okay, means the recognition now is an agree- actually an agreement, an implied agreement that, look, you know I'm full of horse manure. And you know it. I know it. Let's smile about it. Yeah. Why not? Oh, my gosh. I just had a – that's just amazing. Yeah, it's it, it's just the reaction to that. You know, the, oh, no, 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 no. You can't say that. I was waiting for her to go, okay, okay, all right, too far. Did I go too far? Okay, okay, all right. And then the big news yesterday, we had to talk about this because I just, I when I saw it, I, I thought it was a joke. I really thought it was a joke when oh, I saw this story yesterday. Yeah. I had a look to make sure it wasn't the Babylon Bee mm-hmm. where the DNC is not going to go to Atlanta. They're going to go to Chicago. I saw that Perfect. And, I, and, and I went, okay, that's a Babylon B. That's not true. That's the worst place that they could possibly do this because the imagery and the symbol, you're just basically oh, handing man. something to the Republicans to say, yep, the DNC wants to go to the city that liberal Democrats have created into a complete disaster. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And you're not going to change it. You're not going to, to to clean it up by the time next summer comes around. Well, you know what they'll do? They'll try to clean it up a week before, and then all the uh, the, the the liberal circular firing squad will come into full that, force. That's, that's it, which is why you, you can't do it these days. They used to be able to do that. They used to be able to go in and go, okay, look, look, you know, with help from the media. Oh, you know, look, look, Chicago's, it's, it's, it was almost like watching a, a huge sporting event where uh, pregame, they're doing, you know, wherever the sporting event is. Oh, it's a beautiful town, blah, blah, blah. It's a beautiful day. No, 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 no. Mostly peaceful protests. And then all of a sudden, you know, of course, you, you, you have your big event. And then the following week, they go back to normal. Now, that's not going to happen. That isn't going to happen. I think they'll try it. No, 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 no. They're definitely going to try it. They have to try it. They're not going to be successful because the liberal circular firing squad is going to be ever present. But you, you, you won't need Pete Ducey or but, Fox News out there pointing out all the problems, the many very serious problems going on in the city of Chicago. It's going to be, and, and the new mayor, Brandon, He's going to be right up there front and center. He'll have, of course, a uh, a prime time uh, uh, speaking slot at the at the DNC. There's no doubt, and that is all. That's all great. That's all awesome. And this is a better choice in terms of demonstrating how bad it is with the Democrats than Atlanta, which would have been, of course hypocrisy to the nth degree right and and they talked about the fact that you know the reason that the democrats wanted georgia is because uh you know of of the math that showed that the republicans can win by just taking all of the south yeah that the new stuff out there shows that republicans have a greater chance of 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 winning and so you want to win georgia 
so you put it in Georgia. But again, that was part of the thought process, the hypocrisy that Major League Baseball moved, uh, you know, the, that Major League Baseball went because of the lies of the uh, the president and the lies of mainstream Democrats who said the law was like Jim Crow, uh, Jim Crow 2.0, Jim Crow on steroids, which was an absolute lie. Mm-hmm. By the way, I keep I keep seeing the American Civil Liberties Union on there and, you know, saying that we wish to protect voting rights. No, they don't. No, no. I mean, it's just, I'm sitting there going, I mean, the if you've seen the American Civil Liberties Union, they're trying to raise money. Yeah. So they've got these paid ads all over the place about how they're for the Constitution. It's like, yeah. stop lying. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's a real, it's really bad. Unless you're completely ignorant. If you're completely ignorant, have no idea what's going on. Which, again, as we talked about, 56% of Americans can tell you what the three branches of government are, which means 56% of Americans are completely clueless as to how the country that they live in actually runs and yeah. what makes us different from other countries, which then makes it easy to understand why they say, I hate our country, it's no different than anybody else. All right, how do we do things here? I don't know. How do they do things there? I don't know. Then why do you say that the country sucks? Well, because nobody's giving me anything. Yeah. Right. I want. I want. I want. I want. And nobody's giving me everything. Anything. So the 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 country uh, the country sucks. Other people are doing better than I am. Who was it the other day? Because I've always said this. I was working in Rockford, Illinois, and uh, this and at uh, our uh, uh, great affiliate uh, WROK, and uh, this was uh, in the mid nineties. I remember the mayor came out at the time and said the biggest problem that we have is racism, and I said he's full of it. It's not the biggest problem. Biggest problem, and it still exists today, and it will be the biggest problem. And the, it's it's growing; it's become a bigger problem. Envy and jealousy. It's the biggest yeah. problem that we have in the mm-hmm. country today. Mm-hmm. Everybody's worried about what somebody else is doing instead of taking care of their own lives, and, and, and understanding that your success in life is up to you. But envy and jealousy is something; it's an easy sell. Bernie Sanders has perfected it. The billionaires, you know, if you're going to college, remember. The reason you can't make it is because of those billionaires. Well, that's a load of horse manure. And we all, right. by the way, I'm on the horse thing today, just so you know. Yeah, okay, good. I've moved, yeah. moved from bull. I don't yeah, know why. Good. I just, I was talking to my father about it the other day, or the, yesterday about, and somehow it became horse manure. Yeah, well, good. <clears throat> that's but, good. But you all, I don't know, if you actually use the word, mm-hmm. the S word, there's a lot of impact in that. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think... There's a, and I've used the word. I've used the word while sitting on a horse. If I, (laughs) if I did a podcast, if this was only a podcast, Mm -hmm. I might use the word not to be crude, but just to have the impact of, of that word because it's, it has a very, uh, very blunt. It's very blunt. It's the cadence course the delivery has to be right actually the delivery can vary on that one what a load and, of horse and you can you can do and and you can also say man that's a lord a load of horse and then it's you know it, it you can say it that calmly and it still has that effect on yeah the that's true you can do that in different tones can't yeah, you yeah, yeah that's that's, the, that's i was the on a movie set one time uh, it was the sequel to The Last Picture Show, possibly one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, n- not The Last Picture Show. That was that was a good movie. Texasville, possibly one of the worst movies ever made. 
Andy Potts is on a horse. They were shooting a uh, a parade scene, and I was an extra in the parade scene. She was on a horse. Peter Bogdanovich is uh, in his director's chair and the whole thing. Her hat falls off onto the ground. Now they have a whole parade line of horses. And so one of the production assistants grabs the hat and goes to hand it to her. She goes, no. <laughs> because if you're in a parade of horses and your hat falls on the ground, you need to check it first before you put it back on your head. Because of what we were just talking about. And every time I hear that word, I think of that that moment. And by, by the way, a valuable lesson in life. If you're in a parade of horses and your hat falls off, check your hat before you put it back on your head. So, yeah, the hypocrisy in uh, Georgia, they just they they just couldn't go with it because people would be saying the first number one question would have been, wait a minute. uh, What are you doing? You major league baseball. I mean, you the, the law hasn't changed. Why are you here? But there were really a ton of Democrats that wanted it to be in Atlanta because they knew Georgia. I mean, putting it in putting it in Chicago. And, uh, and oh, did you hear the? What did you hear? Why? Hmm. Because Pritzker has guaranteed whatever the overrun in costs is up to a hundred million. Well, they, oh, they, they, they yeah, that the yeah. Pritzker is guaranteed he will personally, because his family has got a ton of billionaires. Uh-huh. He will personally pick up any losses. That's yeah. why they're actually decided to do it, right? And so that because yeah, they won't lose gonna, money on it, right? Yeah, we'll we'll foot the bill. Yeah, uh, you know, any losses we'll foot the bill. I saw that one, and I first thought any losses will, you know, will take care of it. I thought they're going to use taxpayer dollars to do the DNC. They can't. And I well, it is Chicago, and and, and then I then I saw. <laughs> oh, okay, they're not talking. They're not talking taxpayer dollars. They're talking. That's and that's that was what put them over the edge. But think about it: going in Chicago, you're going to have the mainstream media. Chicago with the highest crime rate. Just, you know, you can't ignore it. They always talk about the city. Right. They're not going to sit there. No, what, net, what network can get in there and go, Chicago's doing great. Right. There are no problems here. Right. It's especially after Lightfoot loses. And it, you know, never mind the fact that a more liberal person, uh, Brandon, is now the mayor. But it's it was the answer to the lawlessness. I don't know what Brandon will face in the future. But... It is. It was in part the the answer to the lawlessness and her, and of course her cluelessness that led to her no longer being the mayor there. That's going to be yeah by next summer. May, maybe that's not a big part of the story, but there's no doubt it's an under. It sets the underlying tone going in, and nobody can deny the crime situation, which by the way tends to elevate during summer months in Chicago. And that's exactly when they will have the convention. And then there's the uh, what a, a bunch of uh, WalMarts, yeah, are uh, are leaving yeah. Chicago now, right? I saw that was announced, and yeah. so that's and, and the companies that have left uh, Illinois, and that's just going to because they're not going to change what they do in Illinois. But when you look at it, the big cities right now, all the big cities, and we know all the big cities are Democrat-run cities. And when you look at it, it's like, you know, it's they're turning into hell holes. Yeah, they are. And and so they the are. focus is on what's considered one of the biggest hellholes. You know, it's what's interesting is that and and I'm great I'm grateful that that Michael Schellenberger the other day pointed out 
uh, all of the inaccuracies by the San Francisco Chronicle covering uh, the the exit of of Amazon's store, uh, Whole Foods, their their flagship, and why it was going on, and also the uh, the murdering of Bob Lee and everything else and the stats that the San Francisco Chronicle was trying to put out there that the San Francisco Police Association, uh, Police Officers Association came out and refuted with evidence. It's, you know, because you, you look at it and say, well, they're trying to change the narrative in the liberal media, San Francisco Chronicle, trying to make it look like everything's fine. Don't listen to Fox News when they tell you Crime is on the rise. That's not what's happening here. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that is exactly what's happening here. And you're not going to change the minds, especially of the people that live in San Francisco dealing with the crime. But San Francisco Chronicle brought it to the surface all over again because they decided to take that approach. Right there. Uh, closing Whole Foods store reflects decline of San Francisco. Utter, quote, rejection of civilization. Yeah. Critics say, I heard that and I went, wow, Republicans need to go with that. But you have the same thing in Chicago. As a headline right here, Democrats choose Chicago, America's murder capital for 2022 convention. Like I said, when I first saw it, because I saw it on social media, first posted, I didn't see the news article. And I went, okay, this is Babylon B. It's a joke. Right. And it's not. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. 86690 Red Eye. Yeah, four Walmarts announced. Uh, yesterday closing in uh, in uh, in Chicago. Yeah. And it's just going to continue one way. And you and I were talking about this yesterday, just at the end of the show, but it was like, how can they come back? They don't wish to change the policies. And Chicago is the most perfect example of that because they actually found a new mayor who is more to fund the police than the old mayor. Right. You're not going to invest in new stores in that area because nothing is going to change anytime soon. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio, 86690-RED-EYE. Welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. Uh, all right, so uh, here we go, and, you know, I, I just, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit, uh, you know, the last part of last hour, just because the DNC is going to be in Chicago. And I mean this in a serious way. Not it's, This isn't a partisan political statement. It's concern for the people that live in these big cities 
what in the world's going to happen to them? How do they? There seems to be, there seems to be no interest unless it's the immediacy of an election, where the Democrats will say, "Okay, we wish we don't wish to defund the police." I mean, look what's happening in Austin. You saw, you see the stories from Austin, where they've yeah. had they've had to bring the state police in, yeah, because they don't have enough police officers. And now the city's very concerned, you know, what kind of a deal? The deal, they had to make a deal with the state police. And now the city council is concerned, well, has this been done underhanded, whatever, but there's more arrests, people feel safer. But it's the fact that Austin wishes to defund the police. So they defund the police, they got to bring the state police in. So you're actually moving law enforcement further away from the people instead of being locally responsible. Now it's the state. Yeah. And I've just, it just, you, you, it just, and you know, the left's going crazy. You know, troopers now making the stops. Right. Because they're doing traffic stops. Mm-hmm. Well, but this is inevitable and Governor Abbott isn't going to sit by and watch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and right. it's, He's, that's where he lives. That's Yeah. <laughs> happens to be his home. But you see that and inevitably... Also, when you see in other cities like San Francisco and Chicago, we talked about retailers leaving. Now, this has been going on for a while now where the pharmacy retailers were were leaving and it had to do with the crime that was going on. It's not just the crime that's happening inside their stores and what they're losing there. It's the crime that's happening in the neighborhoods of their stores that makes it more dangerous for their employees. And that's exactly, you know, what you have to consider when you think about, all right, if we're, if you're a major corporation or a small business, that's what I wonder about. We, we talked about the one in Portland that, and they put a sign on their door. We can't, we can't do it anymore. We had, we had to close. The story yesterday, the coffee shop, uh, uh, there's a local coffee shop chains. They're closing the downtown Portland location said, we just can't do it anymore. We just can't do it. And I, I think whoever coined the phrase, I saw the headline I, and the rejection of civilization, that the Democrats have rejected civilization. And that's and really true. That's exactly what, what, what happens. And in, inevitably what is next is as businesses large and small leave the area, there are no jobs there. There are fewer jobs and then there are no corporations that that. It, it, because if you think about it, we've talked over the years. What, how much money, on the average, the average family, the average household is saved as a result of Walmart's existence? Not shopping directly at Walmart, but because they're in business. They're in business, which brings out other competition from other discount retailers, and so that brings a that that lowers the cost for everybody. In the marketplace, well, what happens when those jobs go away? Because Walmart is one of those retailers who recently had to go in and and increase the starting wage. And because they were competing, they wanted to be more competitive. And so what happens when those jobs are gone, when the Walmarts close down and the four Walmarts in, in Chicago and those neighborhoods and all those employees? Now, companies like uh, Whole Foods and Walmart will tell you we're offering jobs to those who can go to other stores. But, but frankly, uh, 
that doesn't always work out. And, uh, in fact, it, it quite often does not, most often does not work out. And that's unfortunate. So then, because this is the opposite of investment in these areas. When we talk about this, over the years politically, you would see this, especially in local race, races, in these urban areas, you would see the candidates come out, then inevitably on their ad, they would be walking in the streets of their neighborhood saying, we're going to bring about policies that encourage investment and everything else into our neighborhoods again. And the reason that investment is gone is because of what we're going through right now, which happened before, and that is urban blight. That is the flight from these areas, from the individuals, from the corporations, which uh, uh, employ those individuals, and from the, the, the average citizen who looks at it and says, I've got to make a decision. You and I have talked about this off the air, but I always look at this, and I'm always watching stats around my neighborhood and everything else I know I know everybody does. You're, you're watching to see how's everything going. Do I feel uh, comfortable and safe in my neighborhood? And I love where I live. And people have varying degrees of ability to get up and move. But you just hit on something. Because you said this isn't political. The concern is for the people yeah. that can't afford to get up and move. And, by the way, more importantly, shouldn't have to because their leaders decide that this is going to be the policy that endangers their life. That law and order is not going to be number one. We're not going to look out for the very well-being and, and, and safety of our own citizens. And that's as ludicrous as it gets. But we've talked about it, too. The voting cycles don't change. Brandon's not going to do anything different than Lightfoot in Chicago. That's not going to happen. Portland is not going to change. San Francisco isn't going to change in our lifetime. You can't convince me otherwise. And, and so when I, when I said it's not political, I meant my opinion is not political. Right. My opinion, everything is political because the reason that Chicago is the way that Chicago is, the reason that Portland is the way that Portland is, the reason that San Francisco is the, the where San Francisco is right now, the reason that New York City is where New York City is right now is one thing. Yeah, it wasn't the, the, political motivation for you. My, you my, yeah. Mine wasn't political motivation. Mine was concern. Right. But it is the cause is politics. The cause yep. is the Democratic Party. The right. cause is let's be let's be soft on on criminals. I've been in talk radio long enough because I've been in talk radio since '89. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, thirty four years uh, this coming uh, October, a full thirty four, not beginning but ending my thirty fourth year this October <laughs> in talk radio. I'm old enough and I've been in talk radio long enough to remember the screaming of why retail outlets weren't in the cities. And part of the crime bill in 94 was to make cities safer so investment came into those cities. Yeah. You know, you remember that uh, even uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the federal government, I mean, Jack Kemp was a, was a, uh, you know, even during the Reagan administration was huge in having those investment areas in cities. Mm -hmm. You know, certain investment areas that you would have. Mm -hmm. Part of the problem was you couldn't get the investment. You had to offer something because of the crime that existed. Well, you can't offer incentives to everybody. 
And so you eventually have to make those cities safe. Well, we saw what happened after the 94 crime bill that Biden was a co-sponsor on. Yeah. The crime came down drastically. Uh, you know, and and uh, uh, and what you had to do is, yeah, part of it is broken windows. You've got to go after the small crime. Mm-hmm. You can't let the small crime go. So we've seen what happens. Well, it's just shoplifting. Remember this a couple of years ago when this all this this only happened like you know three or four years ago, right. where it started. Well, you know, if you steal less than uh, nine hundred bucks or whatever it is, seven hundred bucks, we're not really going to come after you. Well, you have to. Other, you, otherwise, you absolutely have to. Otherwise, exactly what's happening is exactly what's happening. Well, it was just and a so, traffic stop. It was just a traffic stop. Well, it turned out that they it was human smuggling. They. They found a human smuggling ring as a as a result of pulling that person over right. for a traffic infraction on the on the primary right. and and so um, you you can't as as these cities have done continue to sit there and have the the sympathetic nature. It doesn't mean that you don't give people second chances. It doesn't mean when they go through the court system you don't say okay you did this now all right we're not going to do this you know there are, there are certain ways that. I especially, I believe, if, I especially that, if especially if you're not a repeat criminal. I believe that fully. Yeah, I believe I, I believe I, in second chances. I believe but, I believe I believe in redemption. Yeah, yes. but and, you have to earn that. So so yeah. you had this. So the cities became safer, and then you had investment, retail investment in there. And then what happened when you got retail investment is you had the left go crazy. The left didn't want Walmart in there. It's like, well, you said you wanted all these companies. Well, we want it to be individual small businesses and no big businesses whatsoever. Yeah, but Walmart, you want a Walmart just for the reason that you stated. Yeah. Because Walmart comes into your area and everything goes down in price. Yes. Because of the competition. And they go, yeah, but that hurts the little guy. Yes, but your concern should be, what should we do to have competition to allow the consumer, the people in the city that have less income, uh, to live a better quality of life, to improve their quality of life. And so remember just a couple of years ago, remember the one in Washington? They were protesting, Mm -hmm. no Walmarts here, no Walmarts here, Mm -hmm. no Walmarts here. Well, now you're getting your wish. Yep. But, but, and so we've gone full circle again. We've gone full circle where, okay, the cities were a nightmare. All right, 94 crime bill. Cities got safer the end of the 90s. And then over the next, you know, 10, 15 years, cities got safer. They got the, the crime rate went down. And all of a sudden, boom, uh, Black Lives Matter, the lies about police departments being systemically racist around the entire country. Everyone is, you know, everyone is. And the interesting thing is we said, well, yeah, some of the biggest problems is inside the large cities. It is completely Democrat controlled and many of those minority Democrat controlled. So how is it racism? And then it became, well, black cops really aren't black. They're blue. And I mean, it was just, I mean, whatever excuse they could come up with to do that instead of having law and order, the public wanted law and order, even in those cities, they wanted law and order and they liked their own personal police department in their neighborhood. Yeah. It was just the abstract police department they didn't like, but you got the sports leagues, you got companies to promote a lie and that helped to destroy all the major Democrat liberal cities in the country. What right. you're seeing is a direct result of that. Yes. And they just wish to go further and further and further. And I feel so bad for people that can't get out of that situation. And, and likely won't unless they were to get up and move themselves. But and now it, but now after in Chicago, it's the symbol 
that we don't give a damn. We don't give a damn. We're just going to vote Democrat no matter what. If our city becomes a hellhole, we don't care. All right, let's bring the DNC in. Yeah. In, in 2024, that'll straighten up. No, that'll just focus. That'll be a laser focus on the failures of, of, uh, of, of Democrats. The, the which, party that is responsible, if there is a political party responsible for destroying Chicago, it is the Democratic, Democratic Party. party. And so I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, that's the thing. It's they're not going to change. You see, for and, and I've said any any political party that endorses the liberal transgender activist movement and the delusion there will accept any delusion. Oh sure, and that's the concern. That's what I would promote. They sit there and they promote the fact that a biological male can be a biological female if they say they are, and you must accept it. And then they should compete against women. Think about how delusional you have to have. What kind of mind you have to have? You extrapolate that out to every other issue. That's all you got to focus on. If they believe that, how delusional are these people on every single issue out there? That's well, why they can say, "Well, we yeah. can. We can, if if a man can be a woman just because a man says so, then I can tell you that solar and wind can can operate the entire grid. It's a lie, but we don't care because all we care about is the imagery of the statement that we make." And forcing people to accept it, even if it will destroy civilization, we don't care. I mean, how do you deal with that? How I do can you sell how? you on mostly peaceful protesters as the city burns. Yeah. I mean that yeah, you're right. I can sit there and tell you, look, this president is it's unprecedented in, in him taking shouted questions. You can sit there and you can say, What? I didn't see any chaos in Afghanistan in the withdrawal. I don't know from the perks I was looking at. I don't even know. You have an admiral in the U.S. Navy that gaslights like that, that betrays every single military person and spits on the graves of those soldiers. This is what the Democratic Party has become. The man in charge of Homeland Security says our border is secure. secure. You can sell every single lie, and the bigger the... The bigger the lie, the bigger the delusion, the more emphasis on attempting to roll over people who won't agree with you in destroying their lives. We've reduced the deficit. Inflation is coming down. Yeah. Everything. All Everything is a lie. 866, if you want to get in, we'd love to hear from you. 866. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did hear this from my buddy Jerry the other day. He goes, I love it when you say that. So I'm going to say it. Uh, <clears throat> tell us where we're wrong. Yeah. 86690 red eye surviving and thriving as an owner operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue like the chief financial officer of any company you have to be concerned about rising costs especially without increases in revenue trying to reduce costs let alone make sense of them can be a complicated task understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year a penny saved could be one thousand dollars earned Saving just one penny per mile over 100,000 miles driven annually will deliver $1,000 to the bottom line at the end of the year. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harding. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RUD-EYE if you want to get in. Uh, this one blows your mind. The leak of dozens of U.S. documents containing, in some cases, what the Department of Defense is describing as sensitive and highly classified materials may have come from outside the Pentagon. How? All right. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to know a lot more how. You saw that one of the things the BBC announced. Hmm. is that the Allies, including the United States, has special forces on the ground in Ukraine. That's what the BBC is reporting. Well, and it makes you wonder, uh, again, then how does this how does this leak happen and the motivation for the leak? Uh, here it is. According to the document dated uh, March 23rd, the U.K. has the largest contingent of special forces in Ukraine, 50, followed by Latvia, 17, France, 15, the United States, 14, and Netherlands, 1. The document does not say where the forces are located Hmm. and what they are doing. Hmm. But they are claiming they are in country. They are in Ukraine. They are in Ukraine. Hmm. They're on the ground in Ukraine. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I read that and I say, oh, so we have troops on the ground. You know, you're not talking advisors now. Remember, well, well, people may not remember Vietnam. We have advisors right. or yeah. not soldiers. They're saying these are well, special they, forces on the ground. Yeah, and that's what they were trying to play in Benghazi. The idea was, yeah. let's do all of this without any boots on the ground, no troops there. And it would, and so the questions will be, and of course we'll get the same lies repeated over and over again. That's not true. It's not true. It's not true. But I don't know how the leak happens, and I certainly don't know how the leak happens from outside the Pentagon. This is a massive breach. And if it didn't happen from inside the Pentagon, then where did it happen? How did it happen? Yep. Two hosts in America that know specifically which room the elephant is in. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So, um, looking at uh, the Manhattan uh, DA, Alvin Bragg, sues Representative Jim Jordan, uh, saying that uh, the uh, 
that uh, in response to the unprecedentedly brazen and unconstitutional attack by members of Congress on an ongoing New York State criminal prosecution and investigation of former President Donald Trump, uh, Bragg is asking the judge to invalidate the subpoenas that Jim Jordan, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, has or plans to issue as part of the investigation of Bragg's handling of the Trump case. Uh, J- Chairman Jordan's subpoena is an unconstitutional attempt to undermine an ongoing New York felony criminal prosecution and investigation, as our complaint details. This is an unprecedented, illegitimate interference by Congress that lacks any legal merit <clears throat> and defies basic principles of federalism. Wow. A liberal has discovered federalism. He's, he's. <laughs> The Manhattan DA's office focuses on law and the evidence, not political game gamesmanship or threats. Okay. We look uh, forward to presenting our case in court to enjoin enforcement of the uh, uh, subpoena. As you and I said, when first it came out that Jordan wanted to do something, I said, well, I don't know any authority that he has at the moment. As soon as we found out that Bragg admitted that in this investigation, $5,000 of federal funds were used to investigate Trump. At that point, it does become uh, a it does become a federal issue. Now, it doesn't become a federal issue where uh, the the Republicans in the House could somehow uh, arrest Bragg or prosecute him in any way or impeach him. Hmm. They don't have any enforcement there, but to find out what he is doing, to find out because Congress spent that those are federal dollars. Congress has authority to audit and find out why money is used uh, for what they believe is a pure political prosecution. Yeah. And we know we've gone through the right. legal aspects of this. When Bragg says it's unprecedented what Jim Jordan's doing, well, it's uh, that's because it's unprecedented what Bragg is doing. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's the the back and forth is, is uh, interesting, but... I welcome the fact that Jordan wants to look into this and have Brad and, uh, right. Bragg in front of him because it can tell the story. It can further demonstrate. First of all, the American taxpayer uh, has a right to know what's being done with their money, and I don't care if it's five thousand. That may see. There's the thing. It's only five thousand dollars. I love that. Um, and because that's the basically that's kind of been the attitude from Bragg's office, but it, that's taxpayer money. Yeah, but the story needs to be told of the motivation. If if people aren't familiar with it, there needs to be every demonstration possible as to the motivation here with Bragg. This is a nothing case. Bragg, so far, in fact, through all of this has still demonstrated no crime. And the American people need to be reminded of that every step of the way at every yeah. opportunity. Yeah, Because that, that's what's unprecedented. He's basically said the president has committed the, a felony but can't identify what the felony is. Right. That's what's unprecedented. So Jordan does have a legit, he has a legit point yep. now. Yep. Will the judge say, well, you don't have subpoena authority over a district attorney in this case, all you can do is work to cut off the funds. The judge may say that. Because I, mean, I don't I, know. I don't. I, uh, I had a friend of mine ask me about this, and I said, I don't know because all of this is completely and totally 
unprecedented before. All new territory. This is all new territory. I have no idea how a judge uh, would rule. I can give you the possibilities because a judge might say, well, no, it is federal dollars that you did use. They have oversight authority on this. You spent the money. They can bring you in and ask you questions. Wouldn't it be great if... Wouldn't it be great if Bragg came in, if they, if he, the judge said you must do it, and Bragg came in and took the fifth? <laughs> wow, that would be fun. Oh, my God. For sure. That just popped into my mind. But if, if you, because in my mind, the American people have the right to look at the process. I mean, it, it really does get back to the taxpayer money being spent. And... If it weren't federal dollars, then all right, great. Then then Jordan doesn't have any reach here, right? There would be there would be no reach if he didn't have, and that's why that's why we said in the very beginning we said I don't see where he has any authority to even bring him in. And then as soon as I heard federal dollars spent, I went, "That's the end," right? And Bragg's admitted it. He's admitted, "Yeah, we used, yeah, we did. We use federal funds we, in order to prosecute Trump." Right. Well, then it's like, okay, should federal dollars be used? In a in a case that is clearly, yeah, cle- abs- and by the way, I would say if it was reversed, because you and I have always looked at what the crime actually is, mm. and when you sit there and you say we're charging this president with thirty four felonies, and we can't identify what the crime is, we can give you a general idea of what the crime is, and you indict him charge him, fingerprint him, bring him into court. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I look at that and say, you know, that that's why, you know, the, already his lawyers are saying his constitutional rights have been violated. And as Andrew McCarthy brought up, and I haven't seen any cl- more clarification on this, because Andrew McCarthy was the first one that said, well, this isn't an indictment. It may He may be charged, but it's not an indictment from a grand jury. Because it was an indictment from a grand jury, you have to precisely say what the crime is. Right. And they haven't done it. Think about that. The President of the United States has been charged with a crime. Or he's been charged with felonies. And Bragg cannot identify what the felony crime is. You know, that was one of the things when it came down, I thought, oh, we're going to learn. Yeah, exactly. We all thought that. And then it was 34 counts. Oh, we're going to learn a lot. First thing I was thinking, wow, 34 counts? He went for the long game on this one. And I thought to myself, well, this will be interesting reading through everything. There is nothing. These aren't indictments. So I have no idea how a judge is going to look at this. Uh, You know, because if you're just, you know, you're, you're looking and saying, okay, it doesn't matter what the prosecution is. Uh, well, it does matter what the prosecution is. It does matter what you're actually doing. You know, that's the whole point. The whole point is if he if he just ignores it and says, well, federal funds are being used, just cut off the federal funds, but you have no business, uh, you know, uh, uh, bringing a DA before Congress that's not your jurisdiction. Well, the response would be, well, of course it's our, my jurisdiction. Federal dollars were used for this. Yes, and, because if and, you believe... And, and you have to look at the fact, you can't ignore the fact, I mean, if it was... You, I think you have to look at the case, if you're this judge, because if it was the fact that uh, he that, that it was defined precisely what the president did, 
the former president did, mm-hmm. and it was fraud. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you know some kind. Of, but I, I'll take something else. Let, let's take it murder. And this judge was actually going to uh, uh, prosecute Trump on murder, <laughs> unlike remember Trump. <laughs> Commit murder and I could kill somebody and I could shoot somebody on the street or whatever. Exactly. I mean, you guys would but, still but, elect me. Right. But let's, let's say it's on camera and, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, on video and Trump is shooting somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, then you sit there and you say, well, it's legit. It's legit case. So, uh, sorry, you know, you have, you have no, you have no authority over this, whether federal dollars were used or not. Because it's a legit case because we have the film. I think the case matters in a judge's decision. No, you're right. That's a good point. Because it's not just that they have the ability to review anything and everything. The question would be, is there a, does, do the circumstances in the case warrant oversight here? And if so, for what reason? Right. And in this case, it would be abuse of the use of those federal dollars using in part those federal dollars to uh, Uh, commit election interference. Sure. Using those federal dollars to commit election interference from a candidate who was running. This is unprecedented in American history is what, you know, Jordan's, you know, Jordan should, should say, and that's what Mm -hmm. he's saying. This is unprecedented, and they can't even identify the crime, Judge, and we've had federal dollars used for this, and we believe it's election interference. So we believe, we understand that we can't arrest him, that we have no legal authority to punish him, but we need to know if this, you know, if this is going on because those funds need to be denied in the future. And so we have a legitimate concern here that number one, federal funds are being used by a rogue prosecutor to commit election interference for the 2024 election. It's a pretty strong case when everyone admits who's in the legal field that this is unprecedented that you're prosecuting anyone and can't identify what the crime is right. to get there. Right. Yeah, I I think that uh, it's it will be interesting to watch. But I, I think it'd be hard for a judge to say, sorry, you don't get to. Well, I guess I could see a judge saying, we're not going to get into the business of, the, of allowing oversight to interfere with an ongoing case. My gut is that is what the judge will say. Yeah. Even if I disagree with it, that's my gut. Yeah, because I disagree with it too, but I can see that. I can All day I can see a judge saying that. I'm just not getting involved in this mess. That if we go down this road of oversight committees looking at cases by prosecutors and how their federal funds are being used so that gives them access, then where couldn't they go? Or what what cases couldn't they look Or the judge says, and again, this is just pure speculation, Hmm. you need to run this through. And if you find out, I'm not getting involved in the case, but if you find out and this judge is, you know, sanctioned, done whatever, uh, or not the judge, that the prosecutor is sanctioned eventually by another judge for bringing a case that he should have never been, that he should have never uh, uh, brought, and it's thrown out of court, then you can bring this back, and I'm more likely to approve the fact that you can, you can subpoena him because it's been proven 
as it's gone through the court system, that it was completely bogus. But I'm not going to make that decision. It hasn't been fully vetted at this point. Right, hasn't been fully vetted. I, I wouldn't be surprised we can, because if you, you can that. look from it, you look at it, and we can all do that from the outside. And there can be things that are even known where you can be very suspicious and say that doesn't look right, or even make the judgment that it isn't right. But if it is not fully vetted uh, at this point, then I can't allow overreach uh, or oversight committees <laughs> 40 during the legal proceedings <laughs> during during the case while the case right uh, is still in play but after the case yes right adverts adjudicated could, in some way that. yes not that again not that i agree with that but i can see i could see the yep. judge saying eight six six ninety red eye we'll be right back with more red eye radio with eric harley and gary mcnamara It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Hunter making the trip with, wow. with Joe Biden. I'm telling you, I mean, it's almost as if they're going, oh, okay, let's just uh, take that uh, finger out and just uh, basically throw that. I can't believe that he brought Hunter along with him. With everything going on about Hunter Biden right now, and we'll have more coming up following the top of the hour, I'm like, wow. It's almost like they're just saying, okay, <laughs> Take this and do this. <laughs> That's all I'll say. But uh, we'll get to that. Plus uh, the uh, uh, the Dominion Fox News trial hmm. starts next week. I guess jury selection starting on it. And the interesting thing is, this is not about whether Fox News li- lied. It's not. That's not no, what this is malice. about. It's only about malice. What the judge said yesterday is pretty mind-boggling, what he said to the Fox lawyers out there. And there was another thing, too. Murdoch said he was just the head of the Fox News Corporation. And then yesterday they found out, no, he's also the head of Fox News. That changes the, the, uh, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I can't think of the name of the word. Uh, Searching for evidence. Um, Oh, I can't think of the name of it. What am I... There's the word that you use for it. I just got mind blank here, which, of course, whenever I forget the word, you always forget it at the same time. Yeah, I just uh, they, right now, I'm just not sure specifically what you're talking about. But the the fact of the matter is, is that we don't know the phrases or phrase, the exact words that the court is looking at. And from the beginning, that was basically our question. Okay exactly what was said and when you pare down those words does it constitute oh malice? discovery it changes discovery, discovery okay. of the entire yeah. process all right uh, of it and the judge yeah, was sure. angry at fox yesterday but we'll get to the specifics mm. of it coming up all right this is red eye radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. 
Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Ah, yes. Here we are on a Wednesday, right? Inflation numbers come out. They do. Later today, the March inflation numbers. We will take a look at them and see what it says. Um, the uh, I was trying to get an update to see if there was a median forecast on those numbers. Let's see here. I saw the early numbers for online groceries, which were up 10.3%. All right. So here are, according to MarketWatch, the, here's the median forecast for the CPI, core CPI numbers. All right. So for March, Consumer Price Index, the median forecast is 0.2%. You said core. Did I say? Yeah, you said core. You didn't, you didn't say core right sorry. there. You said it about 20 seconds ago when you were leading up to it. So you're talking yeah, but, regular. Well, no, no, no. That's I'm breaking down all, all of them, okay, including right. core, okay. and which we'll do next. Uh, consu- so consumer price index, 0.2. Last month, uh, or for the previous month, being February, it was 0.4. That's the median forecast. We don't have them yet. Uh, the numbers later this afternoon. Core CPI, 0.4. On the median forecast, previous month was 0.5. Year over year, CPI, 5.1% on the median forecast. The previous month, year over year, was 6. Core CPI, year over year, this is interesting. Core CPI, year over year, the median forecast is 5.6. The previous month, was 5.5 yeah so the market believes that it's that core cpi is going to be higher than february Mm -hmm. year over year march over march wow well the thing is i think uh it'd be interesting to see if rent is the reason did rent come down that much because that's 30 percent of cpi right uh, shelter is shelter is right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, oh, so, shelter costs overall. So that would so, have yeah. a, that would have a bigger effect. Right. Yeah. On, on the on the CPI, I, I would yeah. think so. And so on core CPI, which has been a great concern of many as, as they watch that, saying, "Look, if core CPI continues to be hot, but if it's going up over February, and again, this is the median forecast, five point six versus February of five point five. It could be higher. We'll see later this yeah. afternoon. Uh, and as you know, we've seen an increase in gasoline prices. You know, right now, I mean, over since January, when you think of, I, I think we're up uh, almost ninety eighty five cents. Here hmm. we are in Texas. Yeah, where it was in late January. Uh, online grocery prices continue to rise by double digits in March. Although online grocery prices have eased over the past six months, costs were still up 10.3% in March from the previous year, uh, according to the uh, Adobe Digital Price Index on April 10th. They analyzed 1 trillion visits to retail sites and more than 1 million items across 18 product categories. 
to track price changes. There was a 0.4% rise in the growth of food prices from February, which uh, had been slowing since our height last December when they hit a record 14.3% year-over-year increase. Online grocery prices closely follow the food category in the Labor Department Consumer Price Index. Online food prices are expected to grow more slowly in 2023 compared to the previous year, but still far above historical averages, according to the uh, report. March CPI projected food prices would increase 7.5% in 2023, particularly for nine additional food categories, which have experienced uh, consistent growth since last year. The category expected to see the largest surge in prices is eggs, which saw an estimated rise of 29.6% after taking into consider- uh, consideration the volatility of the industry. Costs were expected to rise for poultry, 3.4%, dairy, 6.4%, fats and oils, 15.4%, processed fruits and vegetables by 11.4%, sugar-based products by 11.1%, Cereal and bakery products by 11.7, non-alcoholic beverages 10.7, which means we're just going to start drinking alcohol here on Red Eye, uh, and, other, <laughs> and other foods 8.5%. Meanwhile, beef and veal prices are predicted to decrease 1% in 2023. Pork prices fall by 0.8%. But uh, you see, here, I mean, that's for 2023, some of those food prices, which are increasing, will be increasing drastically in 2023. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Now I'm really intrigued about core CPI because if it's going up, then that's look that everything will start pointing more and more to stagflation. As more and more economists, I saw a couple of them uh, yesterday and day before saying the same thing that look, the recession is an inevitable. The question is, all right, but how bad? Um, you've had others that have walked that back. Their their prediction or outlook on a recession has changed and said, well, if we do, it'll be mild. But the one thing you, you have to look at, and that's something we've talked about in recent days here, is the drop in rents. And not just through CPI, because those numbers, when it comes to the cost of shelter, those numbers are lagging. But real estate investors and uh, one of the major real estate investors, a, uh, a CEO for a company that they own 125,000 apartments, they look at the real-time numbers and the drop in rents. And when you see that, that is a, a strong indicator. Yeah. Um, if, if it holds. As, as we discussed the last couple of days about apartment uh, uh, renting prices, uh, yeah. you know, you have this study came out yesterday and everybody had it. 70% of Americans are feeling financially stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, less than half of adults have an emergency fund. Every, that means the majority of people are going week to week. Yeah. More women. This this is why when you try to figure out what's going to happen in 2024, it's impossible. Mm. More women mm. than men admit feeling financially stressed. So it's greater for women than men. 
Hmm. which is a problem for Democrats. Sure. Uh, and so you look at you look at the fact that even if what what's going to happen, let's say the uh, CPI goes down, you're going to have the White House again jumping up and down saying, look at these great numbers. The public doesn't feel it. Right. That's the prices problem. Prices are still going right. up. Prices, you know, you meet. The come rate down, of CPI bit. may right. come down, right. but the prices are still going and, up. And core CPI is is expected to be even higher. And so that means that's the drag. And that's, by the way, that's another reason why the Fed will continue to raise rates. Yeah. The belief is they should raise rates if core CPI, because that's always been a problem in this. Core CPI has always been greater in the United States. Right. And And I think the fact that they raised a quarter of a point after the Silicon Valley bank failure and the other bank failure was pretty telling that they want to stay on track to basically finish out what Powell thinks needs to be done, which would be at least one more quarter of a point increase. So we'll see. But yeah, uh, if core inflation is still hot, then that will that will definitely give that theory support for sure. Most Americans are using tax refunds. I just checked to make sure that my uh, payment to the IRS hit. Oh, good. So that's why I laughed there. Uh, Most Americans are using tax refunds to boost savings or pay off debt. 58% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, according to CNBC. More women than men. So it's probably over 60% of women. Hmm. 70% feeling financially stressed. Yeah. There you go. All right, well. People are worried that the money they've saved won't last, and they're worried they're going to have to learn a lean more on their credit cards and of others and and other sources of debt just to get by. Hmm. The cost of basic household expenses, rent, groceries, and utilities are all higher. By the way, that's the whole thing too. Even if rent has gone down drastically in the last couple of months, most people have signed a contract for a year. Yeah, you signed a lease. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. You're not going to feel it immediately. Maybe new people looking for new homes or new places to uh, live. So if rent does come down, it's still going to be limited on its impact of the public feeling it. Yeah, and I don't know what the – that's a, uh interesting point to research. I don't know what the churn rate on rentals is on the average. Yeah, neither do I. So I'd have to look, to look at, at that. But, yes, and that you know that's the problem. I mean, if it, if it's down, expect the White House to be jumping up and down. You know, inflation's coming down, and people don't feel it. And every month, because we've talked about the percentage increase. You know, if it's 5.1%, remember, in general, that's 5.1% on top of the increase from last year, which is which is the base of what it was last year. And last year is, uh, is on top of the, uh, it's sort of like compounded interest. This is sort of compounded inflation. Whatever mm-hmm. you have now mm-hmm. is compounded by the increase last year that this was based on. Yeah. And then last year's was based on the the uh kind of like a compounding inflation <laughs> is based on the year before, you know, at that, you know, whatever that point was. So 5.1% may actually be the same price increase as 6% or 7%. What's interesting here is the month over month core CPI, the median forecast is 0.4 and in February it's 0.5, February over January. Well, 
there's a lot of room there for the month over month core CPI to also be higher than the point than the previous month, the point five. And so if that happens month over month and also year over year versus February year over year, then you'll see the market react to that. And it won't be it won't be good. And I I think the White House, if inflation spiked, I think the White House, things are getting better. I can see them. Why change the lie now? Why use a different tactic? They don't answer questions. You can shout all you want to with the president. He's not going to answer any questions. <laughs> Just not going to happen. So why change now? Who did that song shout in the 80s? I can't think of it. Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears did shout. Yeah. yeah. They're still together. As far as yeah, I, know. I know they are, yeah. 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 So I I'm really interested to see uh where that goes because well, like all consumers, you look at it and say, All right, because you're you're shopping for specific things. That's the other thing too. That many families are in the situation where you go out and you have the list and it's like, okay, I just gotta grab what I what I need. Retailers count on you having that, oh, I also need this and oh, I'd like to have that. But now, right now, during high inflation, and for a while it has been, nope, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get because that's gonna be expensive enough. I'm gonna cross my fingers, that's that all falls within budget if there's anything of a budget that is left. So I need to be very specific. And so you're shopping, looking at those specific things. And I was, I forget what it was, the one item yesterday morning that I looked at and I thought, that's insane. And the question, inevitably, how right. how badly do I need that? Do I actually consume that product, everything else? I can afford the product. It's not the, It's not whether I can afford it. It's the value of the product and right. and the impact on that. And it's, all right, do I need to make a change here? And everybody goes through the same thing. Multiple times a week. Yep. For years now. For years now. 86690-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the inflation numbers are when they come out a little bit later on uh, today. And, of course, we'll have all of that uh, uh, for you. But that's a big number. 70% of Americans feel financially stressed uh, right now. That's still just going to increase because you're still you're not going to have prices. We saw that you know meat prices, for example, came down a tiny bit. You know, or yeah. it's expected to come down a tiny bit here in 2023. That's the entirety of 2023, but not by a lot. You're not talking about by the amount that they increase. So the increase that people have seen 
uh, over the last couple of years is still going to be there, and it's still going to continue to go up. I did see one expert say, we'll expect inflation for another year. Well, the effects of inflation is going to be here for five years, six years, seven years. It doesn't go away because the prices are still higher, much higher than they were, and that's cutting into your budget because for people to catch up on earnings is going to take a couple of years. Yeah, we're not going, these prices are not going to go back to two to three years ago. That's not going to happen. And that's also the There may be some, uh, some individual items along the way that might. By the way, I've seen that on social media. Everybody's complaining about this, the cost of this, and the cost of that. Okay, look, you can get in your Twitter war if you want to, but the American consuming public knows the cost when they go to the register overall. And sorry, it, it, it it's exactly what the San Francisco Chronicle was trying to do on crime. Okay, I want you to believe that crime is on the rise. I don't know who's writing and, and you know, who's uh, behind who's behind the social media uh, drive to uh, nothing to see here. But it, it's likely that it, it is the, the mindset, the same mindset of well, John Kirby. I don't see that from my perch. Right. I mean, if, if I mean, that's how bad it's gotten for Democrats, though, when they're willing when now they're willing to debate uh, in a very blunt way, uh, they're willing to gaslight uh and basically tell Americans what you're feeling is not there. Yeah. You know, they're, what they're trying to do is say, uh, you know, this isn't there. Well, it's self-evident that it's there. And it's self-evident on inflation multiple times a week, maybe multiple times a day as you are buying products. Right. And, you know, your savings have been uh, eaten up by it. And you're being told that things are great and things really aren't what they say they are. That type of gaslighting, which seems now to be across this administration, mm-hmm. you know, is going to be a problem uh, uh, for them for 2024. Well, because you're not winning it. There is not a win. It, there wasn't a win for the San Francisco Chronicle. There, There's not a win for John Kirby. Oh, my gosh. He got it handed to him on social media. Oh, I know. The video superimposed in the background behind him. Yep. Of what was going on in Afghanistan at that time in the chaos. And it, those are the things that, again, who do, you, who do you think you're arguing with? Who do you think, where do you think the win is? Because it doesn't matter what it is these days. The left just wants to deny, deny, deny. And you're not, you can't deny the reality Unless you're a Democrat right now. I mean, unless you're someone like a John Kirby. Well, we'll just deny it altogether. We'll just, nah, it didn't happen. That's insane. That is insane. Up till that point, it was like, well, they're just avoiding talking about it. But to come out and blatantly say, I didn't see that from my perch. What chaos? Yeah. Then you ought to be fired. Yep. From your perch. Exactly. listening to Red Eye Radio. 
from the Uniden America Studios. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red What we can't for, uh, forget about is that, because uh, this should have been, uh, I think, uh, more publicized yesterday, but the story that Biden will not hold a press conference in Ireland, it's almost as if there's almost as close as you can possibly get to a complete blackout of the president saying anything. You know, and it's on top of, uh, of you know, Corrine Jean-Pierre stating that it's unprecedented uh, the shouting questions to the president, which was so bizarre. You know what I was thinking? You know, mm-hmm. we remember during the Trump administration, and believe me, we criticized the Trump administration uh, and, and said uh, the biggest problem with uh, Trump many times is he just didn't communicate effectively. And if he communicated effectively as to what he was doing, and we believe did it in a different way, he would have had much more support because people agreed with what Trump was doing. Yeah, we've sure. gone We've gone issue by issue on it. But even then, I mean, you had Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She was out there every day. Compare her to a Corrine Jean-Pierre. Oh. You know, Kaylee yeah. McEnany after right. that. Sure. Compare her to a Corrine Jean-Pierre. There were things that would happen. You know, but a lot of the things that they went after the president with ended up being false. Remember the whole bleach thing? He wasn't advocating injecting bleach. Right. It was t- He didn't explain it right, but they jumped on something like that. But every single day... Every single day, and I didn't, I didn't, uh, we didn't discuss this earlier. I just want to see how you respond to it. Every single day when the White House press corps gets briefed from the president's communication department, it's like you have Scaramucci up there every day. Remember how bad he was for Trump? He was when, better than Corinne Jean-Pierre. I mean, that's that's what I'm. But it's <laughs> but it's like having him. Every, yeah. And they even realized, yeah. get rid of him now. And he was gone. What was it? Three days? Yeah. He was gone. So I thought it quick. was ten minutes, but yes, I think he was, it was gone. Three days. But it's like having Scaramucci up there every single day. How just bizarre and weird it is, and you just wonder day in and day out of that because. You look back at the one of the reasons that the media, you know, what what did uh, what did uh, the Washington Post fact checker do on was it uh, bottomless uh, Pinocchios for, yes. for Biden because everything's a lie? Yes. You think about if they did the exact same thing of fact checking the way that they did on. Remember they had Trump one thousand four hundred and twenty seven thousand, you know, whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know, consistently, and they completely stopped fact checking the Biden administration. You don't see it anymore. But think about it. Every single thing that comes out of this administration, it's like Scaramucci every single day. And I remember what an outrage it was. Everybody goes, oh, my God, Trump, what are you nuts? Get this guy out of there. And he did. It took took a couple of days. But that's what you're dealing with every single day with Corrine Jean-Pierre and now John Kirby. He's completely lost total credibility. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. Chaos? What chaos? From Mm -hmm. my perch, I didn't see anything. Yeah, I mean that was it's well, it's so bizarre, and and the difference is is that Scaramucci was was horrible. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but there was a <laughs> entertainment factor. <laughs> yeah, there has always been a place for the liberal media in a liberal administration. Now, for a couple of minutes during the Obama administration, the liberal media was frustrated. I think that was during Obama's second term. Something happened. I don't remember, but they basically were were butting heads. The liberal media 
basically the core of the liberal media assigned to the White House and the Obama administration on a couple of things. I'm sure, relatively speaking, it was nothing like what we're seeing now because what they expect are talking points. What they get is a defensive posture that this president is prone to and is part of his very nature as an individual. And so you're not going to get that kind of cooperation. You're not. I don't know if you were ever going to get it out of a Joe Biden. Let's say Joe Biden were the Joe Biden from when he was in his mid-60s. I still don't know if that were the case. If Because when you were called on to be president, he had never had to govern before. And now he's having, having to do that as president, of course, and He's proven time and time again that he's not capable of doing that. And he's also been defiant. If you think about people who tell bizarre lies like he's been telling all of his career, liberal media has pointed that out and written about it, then that is somebody who is likely going to be defiant most of the time because they're going to be in a defensive posture because they're always telling lies and they basically spend their entire existence defending their lies. There's no time to be proactive uh, in a way where you're, in, in this case, delivering the talking points to the liberal media that they can, which are ready, it's already baked, it's already right there in the container, and you can deliver it hot and fresh to your audience, your readers, your listeners, your viewers. That's what the liberal media expected, and they're getting anything but. And every single day, it gets worse. Well, the problem in creating a situation, with, or, or the problem in that defiance and that defensive posture, is that the old questions aren't going away. The Chinese balloon thing isn't over. The hunter thing isn't over. We're no longer in the bubble of today because they have yet to be, those questions have yet to be answered. And and I don't mean answers the way that critical thinkers and conservatives expect actual answers. I mean talking points. I mean spin that the liberal media says, Okay, yeah, we can sell this. And takes out to their, uh, the consumers of their, their products, the, the news. And that is not going to change. So all of these questions keep piling up and piling up and piling up. And the liberal media core is sitting in that room every single day. And that, <laughs> that reaction to what I really believe is going to end up being our audio cut of the week, maybe the year. That reaction of the, when she says, it's undeniable, he's taken, it's unprecedented the number of questions that he has taken, shouted questions, implying no other president has taken more shouted questions 
than Joe Biden, and they go, oh, come on. Yeah. And you heard it out loud, that reaction. Yep. Because they are at their wit's end. Not that they can't, because they still do, go out and produce the garbage. Oh, look, things are great. Well, I mean, yeah, they they can go out the next day and and, uh, promote and say, the Republicans are trying to end democracy in Tennessee, for example. But, but when not it's, with it, the help of the right. administration. They just kind of they're right. doing that right. because the, that's their de facto. Right. Yeah, my the, my point is they'll they'll yeah. still act as political activists. Yeah, you know because they go okay that this this message is easy. Just leave this part out. Leave the part out where the Democrats actually were obstructing democracy and just blame, you know, leave that part, just say the Republicans are by expelling them right. and not explain to them why they were expelled. Uh, exactly. you know, and, and the fact that they were expelled because they were, uh, they, they stopped democracy for over an hour in action. So they'll still be political activists, but they're not getting their t- easy talking points that they normally would get from the White House because the White House is completely and totally clueless. How do you go out? If you're one of the reporters and say, look, it's legit why the president isn't doing a press conference, uh, you know, because uh, he has taken he's look, he's leading he's leading all presidents in taking shouting shouted questions. Right. Well, you can't do that. And everybody knows the White House isn't the White House doesn't want the president to communicate. And I'm telling you that there's two things that happened yesterday that I went, whoa. And uh, the first was that Biden Biden brought uh, his son on the trip to Ireland, as it came out, that 80 different, <laughs> this almost the same time I saw that story, that Biden is taking his son uh, uh, to Ireland, the story came out that, oh, um, uh, Hunter Biden's 80 business associates, 80 different business associates, or 80 times business associates of Hunter Biden visited the vice president officially, you know, mm. when, he w- when he was vice president, mm-hmm. uh, and the same day that he's jumping on a plane, I'm like, my God, you know, dude, uh, you got to have you have to have some sense of uh, of uh, of timing. And the other one was there was another one. Oh, I can't remember the other one. It just popped out of my head. Hmm. I'll figure it out what it was. But that that was that was one of them yesterday. And there's yeah. one other one that I'll try to think of here because I just went, whoa, that's that's really. Oh, the, oh, the other one was uh, that that he won't hold a press conference in Ireland. Right. Yeah, that was the other. One. I'm like. My God, your timing's horrible because everybody now in the media, everybody in the media, maybe the public doesn't know that Corrine Jean-Pierre said that yesterday, even though I would hope that that sort of becomes viral because that's just so ridiculous. She was eviscerated on social media for it. That doesn't mean that the wide general public knows about it, but it was such a bad moment. It was so bad, Uh, you know, and it was like, you know, are you trying to protect him? And then he's going to Ireland to talk about peace. You don't do a press conference in Ireland saying great relationship with Ireland. You can't even do a press conference there. The Irish prime minister was on American soil mm-hmm. recently and nope, nope. we're not going to, we're not going to take any questions. It, it, and now you and can add to it the leaks because oh, the leaks. Yep. Yep. If, mm-hmm. if the story, uh, Fox news had the sourced story that, the leaks came from outside the Pentagon, if that's accurate and true. It it points to, then, the NSA. intel agencies, NSA or CIA, which then begs the question. And, and so there's, there's questions on two fronts regarding that story. That would be, number one, hey, uh, and we'll add the BBC thing to it. Do we have boots on the ground in Ukraine? 
Uh, number two, uh, exactly what's going on with Ukraine and and what is our involvement and what because the American people deserve to know. But then beyond that, who's leaking this and what's being done about it? No, but but when you you know because we talk about the BBC story that the documents show that we have boots on the ground in Ukraine, that we mm-hmm. have, you know, there, there's only 14 mm-hmm. uh, special forces, but uh, total, I mean, there's probably like, uh, I'm just doing a quick thing in my head, around 80, 80 special forces from the Allies, boots on, that's still boots on the ground. What are they doing? We don't know. But the entire thing that you get there is, from that is, okay, they're keeping that from us. Now, maybe they have totally legit reasons to do that. Mm-hmm. If I'm president and uh, I'm trying to, do, if, if, I'm president. I'm doing everything I can to destable, and we've talked about this before. It's how you do it, but I'm doing everything to destable, uh, however I can, Russia. If I believe that I need special forces in Ukraine, that's top secret. And special forces are over there, I'm not telling anybody either mm-hmm. because you have a particular mission at, at hand. But that coming out, and again, I don't trust Biden on anything when it comes to foreign relations at all. But it's just a continuation of, oh, they're keeping this from us. They're keeping this. He won't talk to the yeah, media. Right. It comes, it's the, the impression you're getting is everything from this administration is a lie. And then when you, when you think about the interview that he, uh, that he did, uh, with, uh, uh what's his name? Um, the Easter Bunny. Uh, the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. The, and Al Roker. Uh, Al, yeah, the Easter Bunny Al Roker interview. Mm-hmm. And they're like, my God, he's, the, he's telling more to them than he is to us. The mainstream media is saying that. I see the yeah. Easter Bunny on NBC News well, as Co- a top correspondent. You saw Cor- Cor- uh, what's it? Colbert just eviscerated Biden yesterday yeah. on it. I yeah. think there's just growing and growing, and that's why I do think there's something to this now more high-profile Gavin Newsom. Well, I think that's the pre- it. I think the pressure inside the Democratic Party, yeah. and maybe even from the family yeah. of Joe Biden, is your cognitive decline is a lot more, you can't run, you cannot do a campaign, and that's why you're seeing Newsom. And I really believe I, that. I think that's Colbert's frustration. Oh, my gosh, is he really going to run? Is yeah. he going to run again? Yep. Yep. The The far left does not want him to run again. The, the majority of his party does, does not does want it. him to run again. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Some of the things in these leaked documents, uh, the one thing containing the uh, the analysis or rumor, however you want to view it, that uh, Russia's top general is conspiring to throw the war in Ukraine while Putin is getting chemotherapy. This is in the classified documents. Mm. Uh, and I'm wondering, well, if that general disappears or the general running the war or major or a few generals just disappear, and that's the Kremlin's response to it. Yeah. You, know, you think about that when you're fighting a war and you're somebody like Putin and you're not sure maybe who was on your side and then you see that your enemy comes out. Do you view that as just... Because the fact is, they probably view it as being skeptical. Okay, they're just trying to get us to start fighting each other, mm. you know, or is it what they really think? <laughs> wow. What yeah. a mess. It's crazy.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He is Eric Harley. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we're doing better. Well, actually, Eric's doing a lot better. I'm about the same. So I feel like <laughs> I've taken about a half a step back. I'm, I'm coughing more oh, really? now. Yeah. Uh, the last, I'd say, 12 to 18 hours for some reason. It's, I don't know. This I, I feel good, though. This segment you're listening to is two old, me- old men talking about the I, ailments. I got my... Oh. <laughs> Gary McNamara, Eric Harley. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm on the over-the-counter, non-drowsy stuff, but my head, if if I'm off it, my head is just, I mean, it's just, it feels like, uh, I don't know, like it's a bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. That's about the only way I can describe it. It's like. <laughs> yeah, the struggle is real. <laughs> it's uh i'm glad it's just a head cold though i figured that out yesterday i said oh it's just a head cold all right it's okay yeah that's part because of it it's, it's basically it's it's for me started in my sinuses and and throat and then everything goes into the lungs and that's just the way it works and uh and but i i feel strong as long as i'm not standing up well, if uh, since I'm going to see my dad this weekend, let's see what's happening at the college campus just down the road from him. Yeah, you should do that. Uh, transgender mob at SUNY Buffalo compares Riley Gaines to evil clown from It. I like that clown. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. That just for standing up for women... Yes. She's an evil clown. She's an evil clown, yes. Yes. An image depicting former NCAA women's champion star Raleigh Gaines as an evil clown from It was used for posters circulated around the University of Buffalo, SUNY Buffalo campus ahead of the swimmer's April 13th appearance at the school. Uh, In order to whip up the same type of mob that assaulted her at San Francisco State University last week. Yeah. Wow. Here's the thing. The liberal transgender activist movement cannot, cannot win this if people stand up and tell the truth. No, no, no. You're, you're not going they can't to. Win but... it. They, can't, they can't win this argument. They have won it through intimidation and bullying and threats of violence and things like that, but they can't win the argument. That's why they're doing it. It's impossible. Yeah, they right. can't win the argument. You have to call them. You have to call the people names or compare them to a Stephen King character. Uh, I I did see. I forgot who wrote it. I just I'm not going to go find this here. I mean, my head's just been uh, last couple of days. Somebody wrote and said, "Look, until women in mass say we've had enough of this, it's going to continue. That mm. this is an attack on women." And you know, you and I've been on this for years, years. I yeah. I hear very little. Women input on this. 
the, the that's just the reality of it. Maybe they're out there, and I know I know they're against it, but I do think that a majority of American women that know that this is pure horse manure are afraid to come forward and say it publicly. Well, it, it is one of those that okay. So, if you have a daughter in sports, it is one that you have to. That's a fight you have to fight for your daughter. Yeah. If you're a female in sports, it's a fight you're going to have to fight right now. Uh, otherwise, it's not a fight you have to fight right now. It's one of those abstract versus reality where you can go, well, I see both sides or whatever it is, and you just stay out of it knowing that if you say one thing, ask one question, you're going to be labeled as a hater and the mob is coming after you. Here, Here's the thing, though, because this is becoming more public and, you know, for example, every place it goes, I mean, uh, Raleigh Gaines now being at the University of Buffalo, that will be tomorrow. Uh, that will be, uh, you know, that will be national news again if the same thing happens. So right. women know it's happening. This is in popular culture now. Mm-hmm. They know it. But, but it's so ridiculous. It's such a blatant attack on women. And this is something that even though it's abstract, it's so outrageous. That might be the one difference. It's so incredibly outrageous. I mean, you see that. You see the film of of uh, Riley Gaines at that point. Yeah. You know when what she's thinking is, I'm running for my life here. I'm barricaded behind. Can you imagine if you were you had to be barricaded behind a door for three hours. Oh. And you're sitting there going, and, and, and what, what would they've they already do? been what, attacked, and right. you, you fear for your life. What would happen if I open the door? That's what you're thinking, right? Yeah. And so that's the one thing. This is so incredibly outrageous. It's so misogynist. It's so sexist what's going on. And like I said, you've got the, the feminists, the, 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 the liberal feminists that turned out to be nothing but cowards. Mm. You saw it with Megan Rapino. We want rights for women, but men should be able to compete against women because, well, just what the hell? I'm just going to submit to the will of the man. Yeah. Yep. And yes, we are men. And there is no, I don't know, I don't know how, I'm going to speak for myself, and I probably could speak for you here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll let others speak for themselves. I get no joy, and I would get no joy in a woman submitting to my will that I define what she is. As a man, I get no enjoyment out of that. To me, it is a repulsive thing as a man, as a biological man. It is a repulsive thing to think that any woman, I want all men. You you know what you and I want. We want autonomy. We want each and every individual, either male or female, to be autonomous. I want somebody who has their own thoughts. And yeah. for women, these these women of prominence in athletics who is saying it's okay for a man to define what a woman is and take opportunity away from uh, women is absolutely repulsive. It's sexist. It's misogynist. And I will say this. The interesting thing is early on, you know, you look at it in, in talk radio. We were on this alone for the longest time. We're two men and we saw how sexist and misogynist this was. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the the lot of the push 
to actually support women came from, yes, conservative men. Yep. Yeah. And that fight is, again, according to the liberal left now, or the far left now, it's not a worthy fight. Look, in the polls, they don't win it. No, they can't win it. Where they win it is that there isn't a great enough resistance to it. Right. And when... When they're in activist mode, which is 24-7, then there's not, and there's no resistance to it. They're going to keep going. It is the wildfire that we warned you of years ago. I'll be going right by that campus on the way to pick up my great nephew. The day after she's there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, or you'll no. be there Saturday. Yeah, Sat- be, I mean, it, it, by it, that campus. You'll yeah, it'll be Saturday. Saturday. It'll be Saturday morning. I'm yeah, going, so, I'm going yeah. by the campus. So. Right. I wouldn't be shocked if they canceled the appearance. Neither would I. University of Buffalo. No, I would not be. I would not be surprised if they did. But I think it would have been canceled already. It's not and, even, and, and it's not until even, she's on campus, it, you know, I guess it's, up to it's, the last it's, minute they it's, can do it. It's not even controversial, but you know how they'll frame it. She promotes hate, and therefore, no, that's, that's, that could that, instill violence when the, when the opposite is true. She's not promoting any hate. Right. All the hate comes from the liberal transgender activist movement. Yep. That's where all the hate is coming from. There is no hate in Raleigh Gaines at all. There's no hate in me. There's no hate in you. It's talking science, it's talking reality, it's talking what true sexism and misogyny is, and it's talking about, the. it's about damn time the country stood up and the women of the country stood up and say, no, sorry, men don't determine the definition of a woman. Not that hard. <clears throat> Not that hard at all. But yeah, when you, I just love the Megan Rapino. oh, I'm the, I'm the imagery of a successful female today. Oh, I'm going to now bow down to the man to define what womanhood is. My God. And that's the thing, and that's the thing that the media hasn't realized with Dylan Mulvaney. Mm. Look, do whatever you want to do. Sure. Whatever. But, but you're, you're, doing a, you're doing a parody and a horrible stereotype of women. And I, I love the fact that, that the president of the University of Austin, of any place, came out and said, um... No more drag shows. Mm. (laughs) We called it before female appropriation. He came up with the term woman face. Yeah, right. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And and talking about the fact that they're parroting the worst parts. These are men trying to define what a woman is. And the continuation of that. That's what Dylan Mulvaney is doing. And doing it in a serious manner. Right. Attempt to do it in a serious manner, and that is so incredibly sexist and misogynist. From a liberal woman's point of view a couple of years ago. Yep. Just amazing. But until the resistance is greater, there's not going to be... it, it Because it's not... Think about it right now in the mainstream. It's, it's, it's not resistance. It's celebration. Yeah, in the mainstream media, no, yeah, you're right. 
it's but, all but it, endorsement but when it, it comes to Anheuser Busch. Right. But it is, but it is growing. It is growing. Well, it is the right. sentiment is. Yeah, it's it is growing. It's growing slow and and uh, look, there's been so much intimidation across the board. We saw it. You know, look, you and I talked about this with the whole Black Lives Matter. We knew it was a lie from day one. Mm-hmm. By the way, one of the best things police are doing right now is in these shootings, showing the public what they actually have to do when there's somebody out there that's committing an act of violence. The body cam stuff. The body cam yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Best thing they're doing. Just so people recognize what the sacrifice and what they have to do every every single day in the situation yeah. that they put themselves in. Because I'm done with the crap of what we had to go through in the lives of Black Lives Matter in 2020. And you and I felt it. You and I said this publicly. It was, it didn't affect us in what we do, but you could feel like never before the liberal wall of intimidation and bullying and we will destroy your life if you do not, if you do not support and celebrate this lie about police. We called them on it from day one. Hey, who was right? Who's actively supporting Black Lives Matter right now, as they did back in 2020? And eventually there will be a turn here. No one. There'll be a turn here, too. Because it's all based on a lie. Yep. It's all based on a lie, sexism, misogyny, that's never going to win in a free society. Number one, the corporations and organizations that jump in thinking they're going to be heroes, and also thinking they're going to appease... You can never fully appease. That's the problem. That's one of the problems. And then beyond that, you're not going to win it. No. No. You won it by bullying and intimidation. You didn't win it by winning the argument. Right. And so when you, you know, corporations can choose to do what they're going to do, but you make a, a, a decision like that and expect to find yourself in the place of a Disney when you're calling the retired CEO to please come back and save us. Yeah. 86690-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. To determine a driver's compliance, safety, accountability, or CSA score, safety event data is recorded and compared against that of other drivers. Drivers are given a CSA score, but unlike motor carrier scores, Driver scores are only visible to enforcement officers during an audit. However, drivers' most recent five years of crash data and three years of roadside inspection data is made available to potential employers via the pre-employment screening program. So it's a good idea for drivers to review their online PSP record from time to time. A request for data review can be submitted via data cues to have errors corrected or to have a non-preventable crash designation indicated for a crash. In the event a current or previous carrier is audited, records on drivers with high CSA scores will be targeted first, but individual drivers are not subject to CSA interventions like motor carriers. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Eight 
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. This just came out a, a couple of, uh, oh, about uh, 25 minutes ago mm-hmm. from Fox. I'm just happy to be scanning through a ton of different articles. What Gavin Newsom's Make America California tour conveniently ignored. <laughs> California is not the moral compass for the rest of the nation. Wow. It's just great. Jessica Patterson wrote this. That's a gr- that, with, first of all. It's something that is a yeah. very good point. With a new political pact designed to fight back against how Republican-led states are governed, California Gavin Newsom once again turned a blind eye to the mounting problems in his own state in favor of demonizing red states that are just doing fine without him. His lack of awareness about his own record of failures was on full display as he recently toured Florida, Mississippi, Arkansas, Alabama to lecture them on California's supposedly superior way of life. He called Republican leaders authoritarian threats while conveniently glossing over his own unilateral power grab during the pandemic. While enacting a three years long state of emergency, Newsom shut down schools longer than any other state, shut down businesses that forced thousands to permanently close their doors and put many Californians out of work, kept masks on kids despite not wanting to wear one on his own, and dictated how many households can gather together at once, a rule he famously ignored. Newsom lambasts red state leaders for so-called bans while conveniently forgetting the many essentials he and California Democrats will no longer follow. He failed to mention that his state-funded travel, that state-funded travel is banned to 23 states, including four he visited on his tour. He didn't disclose the sale of gas-powered vehicles, uh, uh, will be banned uh, in 2035, and he certainly didn't discuss that even Skittles may not be safe from a ban in California. If Newsom really wants to warn against authoritarian leadership, there's no better place to start with than himself. Well, that's a, the interesting thing. I mean, but again, it's the same thing as whether it's Antifa or anti-racism. By the way, there was a story that I saw also in Fox News. Conservative media outlets need to stop following the words that are used by the left without explaining them as that to what is they mean. driving me crazy. I'll find the story, but there was another yeah. one saying, and the anti-racism uh, program put into it. They're not anti-racism I, I'm, programs. I'm seeing that every yep. day now. Yep. And I'm like, you know, and we'll say their anti-racism program, which is actually racism, in reverse, right. we always you know, right. qualify that because it's important to do so. Mm-hmm. They're not promoting, and oh, I know what it is. It's the two teachers. It was the story of the two teachers uh, that said, we're not going to teach this because we we wish to teach uh, content of character, basically, and a colorblind society should be what we're looking for. Right. The judge said no because they didn't want to do it. Mm. And the judge agreed with the school district that they must take the training on this. And they said the training is bigoted. Now, that that's going to eventually find its way up to the Supreme Court. But in the article, Fox News described it as anti-racism programs. Even Fox News falls into the trap of calling something using the label that Democrats put on it. Because you read it and you say, well, these teachers were against anti-racism yep. uh, training. Yep. Who, who would be against that? Right. Because it's not anti-racism training. Mm-hmm. It's racist training. Exactly. And it, so it's, it, it's just mind-boggling. But I see that all the time yep. from a Fox News every once in a while on the Wall Street Journal.
Our phone number works within the U.S., its territories, and protectorates. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. <laughs> Catch our podcast every day. Download from your app store. Participation subject to IP manipulation and DNA extraction. Red. <laughs> he just keeps talking. We just bring the microphone up and then bring yeah, it down. He was still he's talking. Just, he's just, he's he just was still, still talking. talking. Yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't quit. He never stops. Uh, here it is from the article. Federal judge rules against two teachers who sued school district over mandatory diversity training. Mm. A federal judge on March 31st ruled against two teachers who challenged Springfield Public Schools' mandatory anti-racist training. It's not anti-racist training. It's racist training. Right. Two of the two educators in Springfield, Missouri, uh, Brooks Henderson and Jennifer Lumley, filed the first-in-the-nation lawsuit in August of 2021 against mandatory district-wide anti-racism training this time they have it in quotes the anti-racism that occurred the prior year alleging the school district compelled their speech and acted out viewpoint discrimination henderson and lumley who uh, allege that district employees are required to compete the training or lose pay and that they were required to commit to equity and being quote anti-racist educators end of quote as a result of the training In the lawsuit, backed by the Southern Legal Foundation, the teachers claimed that the district discriminated against them because their views that America should be colorblind. And that's the whole point. The anti-racism training is not anti-racism. It's actually racism training. It is judging people by groups and not individuals. Colorblind is the same as judging a person by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Right. That we should all be, that's what we should be attaining. But in the article, Fox himself keeps saying anti-racism training. Till you get to that point, you're saying, well, why would these teachers be against anti-racism training? Because it's not anti-racism. That's why they eventually put it in quotes, but you need to explain it. Well, that's why it warrants the explanation. Because when you write it that way, it sounds like you got a couple of racist teachers who in their right mind would be against anti-racism. Well, now, only a racist. Now, now this is, now this is uh, in an effort uh, by, this is what the, uh, the attorney said representing uh, them, and now they're, they're appealing it to the Eighth Circuit Court. It keeps going up the line now. This is an effort by a lone agenda-driven federal judge to deny concerned teachers and parents the right to seek redress in court and to protect so-called, quote, anti-racist training, End of quote. All right. But you need to explain, and they need to ensure that they explain why it's so-called. You need to get specific on it. Here's what we object to in it. Here's what this says. And you have to do a better job. And I don't have it here with me, but I know exactly where they're going on this. But if I had it in front of me, I would read, you know, to them and make sure the public knows. And the lawyers explain it over and over again. They should lead with, this is not anti-racist training they should lead with that Mm -hmm. and here's why it's not anti-racist training right or racism training right here's why it's the exact opposite and we know remember unsecure is secure (laughs) yes (laughs) the border is secure (laughs) exactly for all those people that want to cross it and come in to uh, the U.S. Antifa, anti-fa, anti-fascist, mm-hmm. are actually the fascists. Mm-hmm. 
Anti-racism is actually teaching racism. Mm-hmm. Everything is posterior backwards. Right. And, of course, today's feminism oh, yeah. means you're celebrating men. Exactly. <laughs> feminism is now celebration of men. Celebrating men. I mean, it's just everything is the opposite. Wow. We live in a George Costanza world. Everything is the opposite of what it's supposed to be. You could do a, 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 a modern version of Helen Reddy. Instead of I a woman, I am man. It's, Hear me burp. In my head, I had her singing I am man, and I had the burp in my, that was in my head right now. Yep. I'm probably going to have a dream on that one of these yeah, days. Yeah. Oh, why is Helen? That wasn't a roar, why, that was a burp. Why is Helen ready? I am, I am woman, <laughs> hear me. I am man, hear me burp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, but that's exactly where we are, up is down, which is why the White House can come out and say, inflation is coming down. The deficit well, well, you're is right. coming you're, down. The deficit's coming down. That's, inflation is coming down. Uh, right, exactly. It's it's the uh, it's the George Costanza. The, the chaos, what chaos? I, right. I didn't see anything no, from, no my, from my perch. There's no chaos. What are you talking about? Is that the new thing now? Yeah, from, from my the, perch. From the Democratic perch. Yeah. Did Kirby now? I, I'm telling you, though, I'm still, I mean, that still to me is such a disgrace when you think about well, it. I, mean, I, my, I, I cannot get over Kirby, uh, a Navy admiral yeah. admiral who spit on the graves of of uh, of uh, of soldiers. Well, my, my just, question would be, it's how far was his head up his perch? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so... You think about it, it's absolutely reprehensible. I don't know if I could be. If I was a reporter, I'd probably say I cannot be in that room with him. I could because if I well, if I served in the military was, and I was a reporter, I'd be all over his. I'd be all over his case. And then you're, days you're, later, you're lying. Yeah. You're lying. You're spitting on the grave of soldiers. I couldn't have. If I was a reporter, I'd have to probably say it and then recuse myself and say get somebody else to do the damn job. Because I mean, I cannot believe that Kirby would. Po- betray the military the way that he did that day sorry you tell you simply tell biden i can't say that well no, number one i don't think biden told here's the point i don't think biden told him to say that i think that was his no statement. that sounded very and came off as right. very natural exactly as if that's what he believed yeah i didn't see anything but, i didn't see any chaos from and it's first. exactly what we talked about this is who the administration is, and it runs throughout the administration. And Kirby is no exception. Yeah, just... And days later, Karine Jean-Pierre is saying, no president has ever taken more shouted questions than Unprecedented. Biden. Shouted Unprecedented questions. number. Oh, and by the way, we do believe that we could make a case... Uh, that uh, Trump actually took a lot more shouted questions than Biden ever has. I wonder if somebody's already counting that. It may be impossible. Oh, did you see that this is interesting? ESPN Stephen A. Smith says he knows Trump is not a racist from personal experience. You see that one? From Wow. Analyst Stephen Smith recently uh, batted down claims that Donald Trump is a racist, said he never heard or saw Trump acting like a bigot during any of their personal meetings ever. 
ESPN First Take host was host, hosting, was speaking at a uh, Semaphore Media Summit on Monday when the topic of the former president was raised in a question and answer period. That's well, as, interesting. Well, as we said, in his long career, his long career as a business person, yeah. it, we, you right. and I always have said this, has there been any time ever? And we know that in the whole, uh, what was it, uh, the uh, Virginia? Yeah. Thing that they that the media still lies about what he said, you know, there in order right. to make him a racist, right? They either had to project out something he said. Well, this is what he meant. Well, you don't know that, or they just they edit the quote. They edit the quote of as to what he said. But you know, right. you see where Donald Trump has been his entire life in New York City, and the number of people. I don't think anyone has ever come forward and said that he. Uh, you know, in any way was a racist in any form in all. Think about that. All the things that came out against him and nobody that ever worked with him ever came out and said, look, this is what he did. Right. No. And you would have seen race, that years race before wise. he yeah. ever ran. for. Yeah, president. That was made up about Trump. That right. was completely made yep. up. And they have to lie to, to keep that going. They have to create new lies. Charlottesville was no uh, uh, exception. And. It's easy enough when nobody is really going to call you on it. Yeah, he's not colorblind. He does prefer green. Yes, both in his pocket and yes. on the golf course. <laughs> Did you say he was golfing yesterday? He was golf. I thought he was golfing one the, the last couple of days, and that's All why right. I said I'm doing something wrong with my life here. He's being called to New York for more depositions. He's being indicted, and he's golfing more than I am. Yeah. And I just don't – you know what it is? I can take my lesson, which is an hour. I just don't have five hours in a day to go golfing. You've just, never like, even been impeached. I've never been impeached. No, he's been impeached. Twice. Uh, twice, yeah, exactly. And he's still, and he's still golfing he's still more golfing. than you. <laughs> wow. He still finds time to golf, and I just don't have – and I know I take a cart, too. It's not, not like I'm walking. Huh? But I just every and every day I think, okay, maybe I can golf, and then yeah. something comes up. The last this has been the last really since I started taking lessons three months ago, and I'm really hitting the ball great. I mean, I'm really coming around, mm. and I can't wait to try it in the golf course. And I just now that the weather's getting nice, and every day something else comes up, and it's like ah, yeah. And and I, I don't even need five hours on the weekend. You would, but all I need is really three. And then I started thinking yesterday. I went, all right. I got to go out and just play nine, not 18, hmm. just to get out on the course and, and do it. And then I thought about it. I haven't told my, my golf instructor. I said, I'm getting free. He goes, have you been out yet? I go, no. And I'm getting really ticked off because Trump is playing more golf than I did. He lost. He just <laughs> absolutely lost it. He goes, so your reference is Trump? And I went, yeah. Right. <laughs> of course. Right. My reference is Trump when it comes to golf because every time he golfs, it seems to be in the news lately again. Right. I don't know why. Now he's mm. not president anymore, and it's back in the news again. Mm. Well, I guess it was because before the day before he went to New York City uh, last week, he um, he was golfing like the day before. Mm -hmm. So that made the news because it was yeah. like the day before he's indicted and he's out golfing. So. Right. How long before they go, oh, this is the tell. We know he's nervous when he golfs. <laughs> <laughs> Because we've talked about how he's, after everything, thrown at him, Russian hoax, mm -hmm. two impeachments, and now brag and all that. Mm -hmm. He hasn't flinched. And, uh, oh, look. See, that's how we know. 
He's on the uh, golf course. Well, actually, the first reason I started talking to my instructor about it was mm. because uh, I was talking about, you know, what my goals are. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to make the super senior tour. But I know just physically I've got probably five good years left of golfing. And I just want to take advantage of it. And I said, look, Trump's a lot older than I am, and he's still golfing. And he looks like he's got a really pretty good turn and is hitting that driver pretty far. Mm-hmm. And so I was using him as a reference there. Yeah. And then I got into the using him as a reference to the fact, oh, by the way, I know this because he's been golfing lately, and he's found more time to golf than I have. Right. So so when you only play nine? <clears throat> I got to pay for 18. You got to pay for 18, but yes. it doesn't. It must feel like uh, I didn't. I didn't get it done. Oh yeah, but I'm just out. I, I won't be scoring. It's just practicing. It's a I, practice. I, just, I need to practice on the swing and golf. Okay, conditions. Look at I, it as practice. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. won't. I probably won't be because my OCD would never let me stop yeah, at well, nine. It, I'd have to go a, an even number. Yeah. Well, if I go out and I, <laughs> like if I if I birdie the first hole and then par the second hole, odds are in my head. I normally keep count in my head. I don't just jot yeah. it down because. I don't want to get frustrated as if I'm trying to get a score, but in my head I always know basically what I've shot. You know, Has anybody ever golfed with a potato gun? Where you shoot the ball out of the potato uh, gun? Uh, I was in a tournament where they had the the potato gun, and you use that. Are it, you kidding me? No, you use. I that. thought that was an original idea. Yeah, I no, had. You, we actually it was a charity tournament. Oh and, man! And you saw how close to the hole you could get with oh, these man. kind of bean bags or whatever it was that you could shoot. There's, I actually have a photo of me using, or I have a video of me using it somewhere. I'll find it for you one I, of these days. I got to have one of those. Yeah, it was uh, Independent Bob and I were doing I mean, it. I have a potato gun, but I got to I gotta try golfing with it. Yeah, it was really, yeah. So uh, I, can't yeah. Re- I can't remember what I if I came close to the hole or not. I, uh, it was a few years back, but I yeah. think I have it on video somewhere. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Yeah, interesting. You know, you and I talked about the uh, uh, DNC uh, uh, now going to have their convention uh, in Chicago in mm. 2024. And one of the thought processes was, yeah, but you need to hit the South. And that's why they thought Georgia might win that, that Atlanta might win that, even though it would look quite hypocritical. But you look at where Gavin Newsom went with all, all Southern states he went to. And so that's why there's an indication. Now I saw Fox News even talking about it. We brought it up a couple of days, maybe a week ago. We said, hmm, is Newsom getting ready to run? And Biden keeps now hesitating. And all of a sudden Newsom is talking and criticizing the red states and saying, oh, you know, you want what we have in California. He still has to sell California to the, the people. But I think the Democrats think that, look, the, the people of this country are idiots. They will vote image. And... You know, they have bought in our party, our base has bought into the biggest lies possible. If we have the right image and Gavin Newsom is the right image, that's how we win. We can't win on the actual issues. No, and so we wish to win that image. He's better served if he's going to do this. His campaign would be better served just running on his image and leave California out of it. Yeah.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.